new COVID hotspot in the Okanagan. Interior Health is investigating our first uh, large community outbreak. And a reality check on just how long we'll be living with the threat of COVID-19. What do you do when the rent is due? We've had virtually no income coming in. Stories of generosity as residents, businesses and landlords struggle to survive. And we're minutes away from Premier John Horgan addressing the province. What will he say about the COVID crisis? You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We are 15 minutes away from Premier John Horgan addressing the province about the COVID-19 pandemic, BC's response and the weeks ahead. And we will bring that to you live when it happens. First, though, a look at the latest numbers in BC. Provincial health officials revealing we have 43 new cases for a total of 1,013. There are five additional deaths to report today. Keith Baldry has more on what it all means in our efforts to plank the curve. As I mentioned yesterday, at a critical juncture. There are now more than 1,000 cases of COVID-19 that have tested positive in B.C. It's safe to assume it's everywhere, especially in long-term care homes, where the number of homes with an outbreak is now pegged at 19. We must be true to who we are in B.C., and we know that all of us, most of us, are doing the right thing 100% of the time. No one is immune to this virus, but everyone can make a difference. Here's how the cases in B.C. so far break down. 507 people have recovered. 354 people are recovering at home, including many in long-term care homes. 128 are in hospital, and there have been 24 deaths. A West Kelowna nursery today was placed in quarantine after an outbreak of the virus among foreign farm workers there. COVID-19 is changing society and has led to restrictions on many walks of life. Today, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix made it clear our new way of life will likely be with us for some time. I do think it's to next year because of the coronavirus shutdown. Ghostbusters leave full normal life, which I miss a lot um, before at least the summer. Still zero chance for the end of April. The chances after that are challenging as well. I haven't given up entirely the hope that we might get a reprieve during the summer um, as we do with influenza and some of the other respiratory viruses. And Dr. Henry issued a stark warning today, under no circumstances should you gather in a crowd. We need to, to hold the course right now. It's incredibly important that all of these distancing measures that we're doing to build those firewalls in our community and allow us to, to find those, um, those outbreaks in the community, to make sure that people who are sick enough are able to get the hospital care and the critical care that they need. That's where we are right now. Keith Baldry, Global News, Victoria. And another new development, the B.C. coroner has now confirmed that a North Shore dentist who died earlier this month was a victim of COVID-19. Dr. Dennis Vincent was diagnosed with the virus after attending a conference at the Vancouver Convention Centre in early March. He died two weeks later. The family's lawyer says Vincent contacted the Vancouver Coastal Health Authority after his diagnosis and experts concluded there was no risk to his patients. While the grim statistics of COVID-19 are difficult enough to deal with, it can be easy to lose sight of the personal tragedies behind those numbers. As the official photographer at BC Children's Hospital, Jason Jasper has witnessed countless families in their best and worst moments. 
But now he himself is reeling after his mother and stepfather died from COVID-19 just hours apart. As the number of victims claimed by an invisible insidious virus continues to climb. I really don't know what to feel right now. So too does the tangible human impact on families left fractured by the sudden loss of loved ones. For Jason Jasper, that tragedy is twofold. My mother and her husband both passed away yesterday, four hours apart, but because of COVID. They were both diagnosed less than a week ago. The Vancouver-based photographer, well-known and respected for his work at BC Women's Hospital, capturing tender moments of newborns and growing families, has now lost his own mother and stepfather. She took a turn for the worst on Saturday night, and then by 5.30 yesterday morning, Sunday, she had passed. And then uh, by 9.34 hours after, Royce <clears throat> had passed too. So we... The only comfort that we have is knowing that they're still together. The seniors somehow contracting coronavirus where they lived in Washington state. One of the hardest hit regions in a country slow to respond with mandates and measures like social distancing. Guidance from our own health officials that some here are still flouting. And we know that all of us, most of us, are doing the right thing 100% of the time. No one is immune to this virus. What don't they understand? What don't they understand about this? The message this grieving son now needs to get through to anyone who still may think they're immune to the impacts of a global pandemic. Just how quickly it can hit home. This is real. This isn't a movie. This isn't something that's made up. My message is to really humanize this, to show people how it affects us all. Sarah McDonald, Global News. The number of COVID-19 cases across Canada continues to rise. The country now has more than 8,000 cases of COVID-19, with Quebec still having the most cases. With the new cases in this province, B.C. now has the third highest number in the country. Canada's chief public health officer reminding us today that COVID-19, again, is not just dangerous for older people. The young are not spared from severe outcomes. Adults under 40 account for 10% of hospitalizations. And just yesterday, there was the first report of an individual in their 30s who died of COVID-19. Well, healthcare workers worried about exposing their loved ones to the virus at home now have another accommodation option. Last week, after hearing some hospital staff were sleeping in their cars because they couldn't find lodging, Accent Inns offered to keep their doors open to frontline workers at the lowest rate possible. After announcing the offer, the hotel's phone lines were flooded with people wanting to help. With donations pouring in, the BC company partnered with the United Way to launch the Hotels for Frontline Workers Fund. Rent is due tomorrow, and for tens of thousands of tenants and landlords in BC, the economic shockwaves of the COVID-19 crisis are going to be felt especially hard. With so many people out of work, the ability to make those payments and meet other financial obligations is in serious doubt. Richard Zussman reports. It's the beginning of a new month, and for the first time ever, Sarah Baumgart is not going to be able to pay her rent. And in 17 years, I've never missed rent. So this is upsetting, to say the least. In the midst of the global COVID-19 pandemic, it's a situation many British Columbians are finding themselves in. No job, no money coming in, and no savings to pay the rent. 
there's just no solution across the board right now that that meets the needs of all renters who really just, you know, they're being laid off and they don't know how they're going to pay their rent. The BC government will be offering up to $500 a month for renters to help cover the cost. Plus, both the federal and provincial governments have additional aid for people out of work, but none of that money is available yet. The rental supplement should be available shortly online uh, to apply for, uh, so that uh, some of that money can get going to help uh, the renters uh, and help landlords pay their bills. With April 1st here, a number of renter advocacy groups are calling on the federal government to do this. Cancel rent cancel mortgage. What we're calling for is essentially a, a moratorium or a suspension of rent payments. The banks are helping some landlords with mortgage deferrals, but there still are a lot of concerns about what happens when rent checks don't arrive. We're also hearing from landlords concerned that some people might try to take advantage of this. If they're taking advantage of uh, not paying rent, skipping rent just because they can or think they can, there are consequences uh, at the end of this. But for many like Baumgart, who legitimately can't afford the rent, those consequences are already here. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. And of course, it's not just individuals facing a rent crisis. Many business owners are looking at rent payments in the thousands with little or no revenue. And as Paul Johnson reports, little or no government help. Arranging some of the party materials at Ferry Sky Castle in Langley. Owner Amanda Gerard probably wishes she could escape into the fantasy world she creates for her clients. We've had virtually no income coming in. While the theme parties she organizes have all cancelled, the due date on her rent hasn't budged. And unlike the measures announced to protect residential tenants, businesses are mostly on their own. Here's what her landlord told her. He's a small business owner as well. He sadly is getting no help from the government, so he isn't able to pass over any help to us. Commercial leases often won't have any sort of clause that will protect against a situation like this. Vancouver lawyer Ashley Sire points out that beyond just the worry of losing their space, some small business owners likely have obligations to their landlords that could be crippling. For someone who's got a five-year commercial lease or a 10-year commercial lease, they could be on the hook for the entire value of that lease. That's the really scary part. So while legally most commercial landlords are not obligated to give any breaks, practically you can expect many are going to choose to try to work with good tenants. All right, we'll see you at six. Thanks a lot. On the weekend, we told you about the Vancouver restaurant Autostrata. Among their worries was their upcoming rent payment. We reached their landlord Tuesday, and he's going to work with them, at least while he can. It's important for me to that they, for them, that they stay in business. Paul Johnson, Global News. In times of crisis, we look for leadership. Premier John Horgan is just moments away from addressing the province in the middle of the COVID pandemic. His message to you, coming up in just over a minute.
Traffic is in good shape over here this evening at the Portman Bridge. Minimal delays westbound out of Surrey on Highway 1 and eastbound traffic just a little slow through Coquitlam on the approach. Sussex Insurance has auto plan offices inside real Canadian superstores and Walmarts throughout BC. Find your nearest location at sussexinsurance.com. Open 9 to 9 every day. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Portman Bridge. With no tournament scheduled, how pro golfer Rory McIlroy is making the best use of social distancing. Coming up. In the meantime, Premier John Horgan is addressing the province in just a few moments on B.C.'s response to the COVID-19 crisis. It's his first province-wide televised address during this pandemic. And as we wait for that to begin, let's bring in Keith Baldry for more on what we expect from this. He's done press conferences uh, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. Keith, but this is his first sort of formal address to B.C. Yeah, it's very unusual, but we're living in very unusual times, obviously. I'm not expecting any big uh, news out of this tonight. He's not going to be announcing anything uh, big and grand, but he is going to be talking about things that have already been announced, uh, whether it's help for renters, help for businesses. I think there's going to be a little more detail added to that. Also, he's going to be reinforcing Dr. Bonnie Henry's message, which is do not gather in groups. Uh, don't, don't go in large crowds. Keep your social distance, your physical distance from each other. In fact, I'm going to play another clip here of Dr. Bonnie Henry making that point at a briefing this afternoon. Right now, across the province, any gathering, particularly any gathering indoors that's not your close family, your your household members, is, is a danger, and none of them should be happening right now. So again, keep your physical distance, as Dr. Henry says, and I think you're going to hear uh, Premier John Horgan talk about that uh, just a few minutes from now. This is basically also kind of a rally the troops, morale-boosting address, I expect. Again, not any major news announcement, but also basically painting the reality of what we're all in right now and how important it is for everybody to work together to get through this. And that, I utmost obey Dr. Bonnie Henry's instructions to keep your social distance, your physical distance from each other. Do not gather in crowds. I can't say that more often Mm -hmm. Enough. And you're going to hear Dr. Or Premier John Horgan make that very announcement and that messaging again mm-hmm. just a few moments from now. And it's been really interesting to see. We have about 15 seconds before the Premier uh, starts speaking. It's been really interesting to see how he's sort of taken a backseat and let Health Minister Adrian Dix and, and Dr. Henry really take the lead and be the face of, of the response. It is true. And then when he does step in front and talk about some of the relief that B.C. is offering, he's been very strong in that role, too. The Premier is about to begin. Let's listen in right now. Premier John Horgan here. Tonight I want to speak directly to you about the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been nine weeks since the first case of COVID-19 was confirmed in BC. Since that first case, we've activated BC's pandemic response plan. We've added critical resources to our healthcare system, freeing up thousands of acute care beds, increased support for seniors, and stepped up protections in our long-term care facilities. We've restricted travel and closed our borders. We've taken extraordinary measures to keep people safe. But we have some very tough days. Families are mourning the deaths of 24 British Columbians. And many more are in hospital or receiving intensive care. There are more challenges ahead. And that's why the next 14 days are so important. What we do today will affect what our doctors, nurses, and first responders face in the days and weeks ahead. It will determine how many of us stay healthy and how much we can do to flatten the curve. I wanna thank all of you who are doing your part by staying at home and by helping your friends, your neighbors, and people in need. 
You might not feel it in your living room, but everyone in BC is pulling together. And there are early signs that our actions are making a difference. But we can't stop now. We need everyone to follow the directions of the provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry. Stay at home as much as you can. And when you're outside your home, stay at least two meters away from others. And if you need to go to work, please practice physical distancing from your colleagues. Wash your hands frequently for at least 20 seconds. And don't gather in large groups. We all need to take this very seriously. These are not suggestions, they're the law. As Dr. Henry says, we need 100% commitment from everyone to get this done. And that is why I'm asking you tonight to stay with this, to stay with us because we need to make sure that although this is not gonna be easy, it's not forever. We need people to do their part. And I want to thank every essential worker that's on shift right now, pitching in to fight COVID-19. The transit and ferry workers, long haul truckers, dock workers, delivery drivers who are keeping BC moving, and everyone working in grocery stores or gas stations or pharmacies or childcare centers. Day in and day out, your work secures the essential goods and services British Columbians count on. I want to speak directly to everyone working in our healthcare system. You are moving heaven and earth to help people who are sick, and we know you're stressed. We know you're exhausted, and we know you're being pushed to the very limit. We know you're putting yourself in harm's way to keep others safe, and for that, you have our deepest gratitude. Tonight, at 7 o'clock across BC, people will be standing on their balconies or their front porches, banging pots and pans to show our support for the work you're doing. It's our small way of saying, we're in this with you. BC has your back as this pandemic continues. And we have a plan so that if cases surge, our hospitals have capacity and you have support. We're leaving no stone unturned as we gather the personal protective equipment you need to stay safe. We're taking steps to secure our supply chains, but we are not the only people on the planet looking for this equipment. Tomorrow, we'll be launching a new partnership between the government, business, and BC's tech sector that will connect BC companies to healthcare centers in need of supplies like hand sanitizer that's being made right now by local distillers, and reusable, reusable medical garments designed by outdoor clothing companies that we can use to keep our healthcare workers safe and in the supplies that they need. Finally tonight, I want to speak to the people who are feeling unsafe, who can't make rent this month or pay their mortgage because of lost jobs and lost wages. I can't begin to imagine the stress and anxiety you're feeling. This is a very difficult time. If you've been affected by COVID-19 and are struggling to make ends meet, BC is offering you help. We're freezing rents, halting evictions, and have brought in a new monthly benefit to give you up to $500 to help pay your rent. We created a BC emergency benefit, which will give you up to $1,000 in direct financial support if you've lost your income. Our support programs are designed to enhance those already announced by the Prime Minister. At times like these, we must put partisanship and regional differences to one side. Governments across Canada are working together to find solutions. This is a time of unprecedented cooperation, and it's only the beginning. We'll be taking further action the days and weeks ahead. And when the time comes, we'll be asking all British Columbians to apply their skills to drive BC's recovery. COVID-19 
may be the biggest challenge our province has ever faced it. So tonight, I'm extending BC's state of emergency so we can continue taking measures to keep people safe. As I watch what's happening around the world right now, it is unsettling and downright scary. We don't have all the answers, but we do have hope. Hope that the steps we have taken are working. Hope that together we can prevent the worst case scenario. Hope will carry us through this crisis as a community and as a province. We may be separated, but we're not alone. I'm optimistic about our recovery because I'm optimistic about this province and our future together. We will get through this because of the strength of our people and our communities. We're in this together, people from every corner of the province in every region. Tonight, I'm asking you to recommit. Recommit to our healthcare workers and to each other. Do your part, stay home, stay safe, and we'll bend this curve together. Thank you and good night. Just heard Premier John Horgan reach out to British Columbians, reiterate how important social distancing is, to thank a lot of the first responders and essential services. It really had the feeling of kind of a wartime speech too, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's bring in our Keith Baldry to talk a little bit more about the Premier's address. I mean, it, well, let's start with that. Keith, have you ever heard anything like that from John Horgan or any Premier that you've covered? <laughs> No, this is, we're in unprecedented times. I mean, they've never seen anything like this before. And Chris is right. I think this does, we, we sort of feel like we're in a war right now. We're on a wartime footing in many respects. You heard the Premier talk about there's no, there's no partisanship anymore. Everybody's working together. Uh, and this is an extraordinary uh, speech for what it, uh, the content. We've never really had anything like that before. This is more, it's more of a pep talk, a uh, morale booster, more than anything else. Having everybody work together. And again, stressing the importance of following Bo Dr. Bob. Bonnie Henry's orders, which is to stay apart and do not go in crowds. So uh, we're in extraordinary times. You're going to see extraordinary things all the time now. And it's a constantly evolving situation. But uh, yeah, just never seen anything like this before. He focused a lot of his speech. I mean, he de he definitely thanked, uh, you know, workers at grocery stores, mm -hmm. gas stations, child care centers, uh, truck drivers. But um, he, he reserved a lot of his focus on health care workers, Keith, and trying yeah. to step up for them as well. Yeah, in about 25 minutes or so, you're going to hear what he was referring to, the 7 o'clock celebration of, uh, of healthcare, frontline healthcare workers, people banging on pots and pans through neighborhoods all through British Columbia. It's become quite the thing. The, the 9 o'clock gun is uh, firing now in Stanley Park at 7 o'clock. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of thanking, I think, that needs to be extended to a lot of people who are going through really trying times by being able to provide the services, not only right now, but in anticipation of what's to come. A bunch of the people in hospital right now, now are healthcare workers. They're the ones who are close contact with uh, with people with the virus, uh, home care workers as well. So, uh, yeah, they're the ones paying the price right now, and that's why they're getting a, a big mm -hmm. shout out by the premier tonight. But uh, and again, no real news tonight, other than I, I suppose extending the state of emergency, which we knew was was right. coming tomorrow. He made reference to a, an announcement with the tech uh, sector to build more things that are going to be required in the coming days, like hand sanitizers, for example, mm -hmm. or uh, some uh, probably some surgical stuff as well. 
well. So, uh, again, this on, every day brings more news on this, which is why our news hour mm -hmm. is filled literally with more than a dozen COVID-19 stories. This is the only story around right now. And will be, as you heard Dr. Bonnie Henry say earlier today, we're going to be in this thing for a few months yet. It's not going to end mm -hmm. at the end of this month. We're going to be in this through the summer. No doubt. And we'll be there covering it from every yep. angle. Keith, thanks very much for your work out there in Victoria.